The views and opinions expressed in this program are those of the guests and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of the hosts and creators of this program. This is the Pet Buzz. This is the Pet Buzz. Freshly collected with news, celebrity pet gossip, and the latest pet trends. The Pet Buzz gives you the latest 411 on everything pet related. Everything pet related. Hosted by pet trendologist Charlotte Reed and Dr. Michael Fleck. And here's the Dynamic, Dynamic pet, pet Duo. Hello, I'm pet trendologist Charlotte Reed, and you are listening to the Pet Buzz, the ultimate in pet talk radio. You know, I just got back from the Westminster Kennel Club dog show. It was 144 years of celebration for this iconic show. So there are just a few things that I want to talk about and my impressions of the show and things that I really enjoyed. So this year, I really took advantage of the fact that the show is a bench show. And what I mean is that dogs stay out, the various uh, exhibitors stay out pretty much all day. So the surrounding, the viewing, the audience can come and, you know, stop by and see the dogs and learn more about them and maybe find a good breeder. So I really enjoyed, especially spending a lot of time in that benching area and learning about some of the new AKC breeds. And what I mean is some of these breeds have been around for a really long time around the world, but they've only been recently recognized by the American Kennel Club. So like I said, bench shows are very rare these days, but it really allows you to see so many great dogs in the area and not only learn about the dogs, but their origins and also meet handlers, breeders, and others, and really learn more about showing dogs as well as various issues in the areas in which these breeder owner handlers and others, others live. So for example, I talked to a gal who lived uh, in Ohio about the puppy mill situation in Ohio, as well as Missouri. But I think the most fantastic thing about WKC 2020 or WKC 144 was the girl power. It was overwhelming. So four women with their dogs took home top prizes. So you guys probably know that Crystal Kloss, the handler, won the top prize with Best in Show with the Black Standard Poodle named Siva. And then Chelsea Pickett Smythe won Reserve Best with Bourbon, the Whippet. That's like kind of runner up. And then last weekend, Jennifer Crank with Pink, the Border Collie, she won Agility. And then Linda Brennan with Heart, her uh, Labrador Retriever, won Obedience. So you can see that the dog's world now is a woman's world. So that was kind of a unique thing um, and a really fun thing. And I think a lot of the news media missed that. So for me, that was the big story. Okay, so now that you've heard my observations of the Westminster Kennel Club dog show, and if you want to check out any of the Westminster pictures or anything, go to our social media feeds. But let's kick off with the show countdown. So in segment four, we're talking with author Wendy Mitchell about her new book, Citizen Canine Dogs in the Movies. You know, Asta was one of my favorite dogs in the Nick and Nora films. And he was so elegant, smart, and tough, very much like his breed, the Wire Fox. I'm just curious, who's your favorite dog in a movie? In seg three, we're talking with my fave veterinary dentist, Jan Bellows. Uh, that's Dr. Jan Bellows, about how to take better care of your pet's teeth. And just so you know, February is National Dental Health Month. And then two, this is where we get to dish about celebrities and pets and, and talk about flex facts. So 
I'm going to give you a little hint. So we're going to find out in segment two in the celebrity scoop portion of the show, how Ellen DeGeneres is helping to help you find a dog to adopt. She, just like she did with Meghan Markle. And of course, in Flex Facts, we're going to talk about being a responsible pet owner. And then one, if your dog is your best friend, you don't want to leave him or her behind when you visit New Orleans. If you've traveled with your pets before, you know it can be tough to plan an itinerary that includes your furry friends. Fortunately, New Orleans or Nolans is a super <laughs> dog friendly city. So joining us today is Mark Romig, Senior Vice President and Chief Marketing Officer for New Orleans and Company to talk to us about pet friendly New Orleans. Mark, welcome to the Pet Buzz today. That's great to be with you from New Orleans. Hey, why is New Orleans such a great pet friendly city? I think the best thing about New Orleans is that it's so walkable. It provides the perfect setting for your dog to get exercise while the family is able to visit all the famous landmarks like Jackson Square and the riverfront along the Mississippi River. You know, that's true. And what I love about it is the fact that you can walk everywhere. I love to walk in New Orleans. It's great. Yeah, we have so much green space. You know, Audubon Park, Crescent Park, City Park, Rafique Greenway, and uh, it's very accessible. It's one of the most walkable cities in the nation. So, you know, one of the most contributing factors to having a good vacation is finding a good hotel. Does New Orleans have many pet-friendly hotels at a variety of price points? Oh, yes. We have over 30 pet-friendly accommodations for every price point. I'm going to give you, for instance, Hotel Montleon, which is located on Royal Street, uh, the very famous Royal Street, offers a pet package that treats your four-legged friend like royalty. Dogs will enjoy monogrammed food and water bowls, math, a chew toy, gourmet treats, and much more. Uh, so that's just a wonderful way to experience New Orleans. And then we have luxurious hotels like the Roosevelt and the Windsor Court, which welcome your pets for an additional fee, as well as properties like Town Place Suites, Drury Plaza, and Homewood Suites, Metairie, New Orleans, with varying fees. So you can get uh, something for uh, really all price points in New Orleans. That's awesome. That's, yeah, I mean, it's really great, great because, you know, it's like you never know what your budget's going to be, or maybe this is a last-minute trip, so you're yeah. kind of watching what you're spending. And I think that's important. You had a question, Dr. Fox. I did. So when we forget a sweater or coat, we can always buy something we've forgotten when traveling. But what about our dogs? Is there a good number of pet stores in the Crescent City? Oh, yeah. In fact, let me give you two examples. Um, Southern Paws in the French Quarter or the NOLA Bark Market in the Bywater you can use to pick up last-minute needs for your best friend. These stores are also perfect for getting your dog a special New Orleans souvenir or Mardi Gras apparel. Uh, and, of course, we've got retail all around the, uh, the city for you to enjoy with your pet uh, for those last-minute needs. But, uh, yes, your dog will be dressed very well here in the city of New Orleans. You know, one of the things that when I was walking around the French Quarter is I found a store that makes custom doggy and kitty Mardi Gras outfits. So I thought that was super cool. I think it's Chi Chi something or other. Chi Chi. Yeah, you know, we also have a very strong following for the New Orleans Saints, and you can also find some great Saints-themed. Awesome. Well. <laughs> totally awesome. Well, you know, when visiting a city, my dog and I like to hang out with the locals. I think that's where we get the great information. And, you know, where's a good place to take your dog and kind of meet some of the four-legged New Orleanians? Well, you know, one of the most successful locations that has been um, – existence for several years is the NOLA City Bark. 
B-A-R-K. It's a 4.6-acre piece of land within our world-famous city park designated for dogs to exercise and play. It includes a double-gated entrance. It's separate areas for smaller and larger dogs. It has a dog-level water fountain, shaded pavilions, and then seating areas for um, you to enjoy the action. We've got paved walking paths, doggy pools, and mud mitts for bathroom break cleanup. <laughs> That's always good to have. <laughs> and it's open from 5.30 a.m. until 9 p.m. every day except Tuesday when the park opens at 1 p.m. Now, a permit is required to enter the park, and temporary tourist permits can be acquired for as little as $10. Ooh, that's not bad. I'm going to need one of those. Can I get it through you when I come? Uh, so why is coming to New Orleans in February a great idea for dog lovers? Well, i got to talk to you about the crew of Barkas. Oh, this good. Is on February the 16th. It's the best parade. Man's best friend is the center of this Mardi Gras parade on Sunday, February 16th, where crowds gather to watch dogs and their owners parade through the streets of the French Quarter. It's a real licensed Mardi Gras crew, and you can also be part of it. You can register your pet beforehand and walk in the parade, so have fun with that. You know, it is so cool that the pets have their own parade at Mardi Gras. Isn't that cool? I think it's great, but, you know, it just goes to show you that these four-legged friends really are part of our family. God, I love the culture of New Orleans. It's so great. Well, Mark, thank you for joining us today. Well, thank you. It's a pleasure speaking with you, and we hope to see you and your listening audience and their furry friends here in New Orleans. Great. So that was Mark Rummick, Senior Vice President and Chief Marketing Officer for New Orleans and Company. To learn more about New Orleans and to help you plan your trip, visit neworleans.com so next up celebrity pet news and flex facts we're going to talk about how ellen degeneres wants to help pet lovers like she did with Meghan markle you are listening to the pet buzz with pet trendologist charlotte reed and veterinarian dr michael fleck we would love to communicate with you via social media use the pet buzz social media channels on twitter and facebook to make a comment or ask a question Post a picture of your pet on Instagram and tell us about his or her unique personality. You can also write to us at team at thepetbuzz.com. For more information about our show, our guests, and buzzworthy freebies, visit us at thepetbuzz.com. Hi, I'm Brad Garrett. The investigation of the Humane Society of the United States exposed the link between pet stores and puppy mills. Large puppy mill operations were busted in Maine, Oklahoma, Texas, and Virginia. Bottom line, puppy mills are cruel and their puppies are often sick. So do yourself a favor and go to your local shelter for your next dog. You'll get an inoculated, already fixed dog for almost nothing. So you'll not only save some money, but you'll also save a life. When your doctor recommended omega fatty acids as a daily supplement, he told you that they promoted better heart, brain, skin, joint, and immune system health. Well, doesn't it make sense for your pet to have the same health benefits? EpiPet Whole Fish Treat, an all-natural smoked fish supplement, is 100% bioavailable, bringing your pets the nutrients they need to keep them healthy and happy. We first heard about EpiPet at our local rescue shelter where our family adopted Lucy, a 10-year-old yellow lab. She was in tough shape, but we noticed within just a few days how soft and thick her coat was getting. She has more energy now, loves to chase her favorite tennis ball, and most importantly, how happy and healthy Lucy is now. We could not be happier. Thanks, EpiPet. To order better pet health for your dog or cat, just visit epi-pet.com. 
That's epi-pet.com. so much for joining us on the Pet Buzz this morning. This show is hosted by the dynamic pet duo on pet trendologist Charlotte Reed. Okay, so let's kick off the segment with some celebrity pet news, one of my favorite sections of the show. So here's here's how the story goes. It seems that Ellen DeGeneres was in the same shelter in L.A. when Meghan Markle was picking out a dog. So Ellen really encouraged Meghan to get the dog that she was viewing and playing with. Now Ellen wants to help other animal lovers. She just launched a new Instagram account exclusively dedicated to animals. The comedian and talk show host announced her latest initiative is Paws Up a social media page where DeGeneres will share adorable animal photos, videos, and pets up for adoption. So God bless you, Ellen. Keep up the good work. We love people who help pets. Okay, so let's now talk about Flex Facts. That's always something you guys are waiting for. Welcome to Just the Facts. Just the Facts. Fact or fiction? Just the Facts, ma'am. You want answers. I want the truth. It's going to take long. You got the time. So today what I want to do is I want to review some guidelines for owning a pet. And these were kind of put out there by the American Veterinary Medical Association. So I kind of wanted to share them with you. There's a little bit more, but I'm going to go over a few that I think are super important. Because you all know that owning a pet is a privilege and it really should be a mutual beneficial relationship. You know, the benefits of pet ownership come with a lot of responsibility and these include the following. Lifelong care of the pet. This really means that you're committed to the relationship for your pet's entire life. So you folks out there with a Shih Tzu, because those dogs live like 20, 23, 24 years, you got a long relationship ahead of you. Okay, so let's talk about selecting a pet. You want to select a pet that's suited to your home and your lifestyle. And please do not buy a pet as an impulse purchase it never really works. Okay, so here's number three. Recognize that owning a pet requires an investment of time and money. You've got to keep your pet groomed and you've got to keep your pet fed at a consistent time and you've got to walk your dog, take your dog to the vet. And a lot of those things require time and money. So don't get a dog you can't afford. So for example, a big dog's going to eat a lot more than a little dog, but some little dogs need grooming and grooming can add up. And really your dog needs to have his, you know, his um, bath and be groomed and have his nails cut on a really regular basis every four to six weeks. So all of that's time and money. Okay. So think about how many pets you have. So I know I have tons of pets. I have a cat and I have seven dogs. I know that I picked a number of pets that I can afford and that I have time for. Also, my home environment is safe for all these little buggers. So you have to think about that. And so these things include, you got to make sure you have appropriate food. You got to have fresh water two or three times a day. Make sure you have shelter for the pet. You want to make sure you can afford health care and really companionship. Who wants to have a pet that's like locked up 
you know, 20 hours a day and then you come home and you go to sleep and you don't get to spend any time with it. And also, you know, appropriate food. Are you buying a healthy, nutritious diet for your pet? Don't get a pet if you're going to keep it outside. Okay. So let's talk about preventative meds because that's really, really important. Not only for your dog, but for everybody who lives in your home, including elderly and young people who really don't have a developed immune system. Okay. Or their immune system could suffer because of their age and their health can, conditions already. Okay. So really you've got to make sure you can provide vaccinations, parasite control, any therapeutic health care for your, for the life of your pet in consultation and recommended by your veterinarian. It's really important. You know, we talk about that all the time. You really have to have a relationship with your veterinarian. And also there's that socialization aspect and appropriate training. You know, it's funny because at the dog show, people said, oh, look at these dogs are so well behaved. This happened, you know, over the course of a few days, my pet would go crazy. My pet could never do sit on a crate or be in a crate or, you know, let a lot of people touch him. Make sure your pet is socialized really well with people of all ages and also, you know, the diversity of the world that we live in. And he has appropriate training. I mean, this really goes to the heart of being able to take your pet everywhere. Here's the other thing that a lot of people forget. I want to end, I want to end on this note. So you really want to, and I see this and it's really people abuse this. Prevent your pets from negatively impacting other people, animals in the environment. So what do I mean? Don't have your dog jumping up, you know, on the postman when he comes to the door because that affects someone else. Remember, you want to keep him from bothering your neighbors. You don't want him barking all night long. And the environment that you live in, make sure you clean up the poop in your neighborhood. So don't allow your pets to become stray or feral. A lot of people like to open the door and let their cats out. But those animals affect other people and your environment that you're surrounded by. So I'm going to ask you guys one thing. I really would love it if you can share these guidelines. And I'm going to make sure they're on our social media um, pages. I want you to share them with a potential pet owner prior to his getting a dog. So he knows and he can think about is does he really want a dog? Does that person really, really want a dog? And this is great um, if you share it with, you know, young people. I was somewhere recently and I met, I was, I think I was at a show, some type of show, some type of pet show. And I met um, a guy there and he was saying his daughter really wants a Maltese. And he was thinking about it. They have another dog. And I said, well, who's going to take care of the dog? Is she going to take care of the dog? Is she going to get up in the morning? Or is your wife going to feed the dog and walk the dog? So share these these guidelines with someone who wants a potential pet so they can really think about if a pet is for them. So more of the pet buzz very soon. I'm going to take a commercial break. I bet you can't wait for my I likey of the week. I'm going to give you a hint. Guess where I'm going to go shopping for my pets, of course. Hi, this is Gregory Curtis. I'm president of the Mystic Crew of Barkas, the only dog parade in New Orleans. The Crew of Barkas is like no other parade in New Orleans. We celebrate man's best friend, and they're the center of our parade through the streets of the French Quarter with humans acting as if they're their escort. And here in 2020, we're celebrating our 28th year, February the 16th. This year's theme is Bark to the Future. Come on down to the friendly New Orleans and celebrate with us. Don't forget to bring your four-legged best friend. For more information, visit 
Marcus.org. Lazy Lay Monton Y'all come down now. I'm Petronology Charlotte Reed with a healthy pet, healthy you tip. There are many reasons that you might have to shelter at home with your pets, such as unsafe air quality, dangerous roads, and or high winds and flying debris, but you have to be prepared. So here are some suggestions. Make sure your pet's inside. If it's unsafe for you to be outside, it's unsafe for him too. Know the location of your pet's emergency go bag. It should have already been stocked with extra food, water, first aid kit, and other essentials your pet needs. Take your pet with you to a room that's safe. The room's location is based on whether you are sheltering from a hurricane, earthquake, tornado, flood, or blizzard. If there's a wildfire, it's best to take your pet and leave the premises immediately. Bring a battery-operated radio to ensure that you can get updates from emergency officials, even if the power goes out and your phone or internet connection or down. If time allows, move your pet's favorite bed or blanket to your safe room so that you can make him as comfortable as possible until the threat passes. Since pets can get restless if cooped up inside in one room, bring items to keep them engaged, such as toys, games, and learning activities. Make sure your pet has a place to relieve himself. Keeping puppy pee pads on hand can be useful for this purpose, as can potty training your dog to go indoors. Have a few disposable litter boxes for cats, too. Make sure to have cleaning supplies on hand in case of an accident. Keep your pet away from the windows. Debris may be flying around during a storm due to high winds. In fact, the Center for Disease Control and Prevention says that flying debris is the most common cause of injury during a hurricane. Be ready for you and your pet to leave at a moment's notice. Keep your dog's leash, crate, or carrier and any necessarily travel gear near the exit. For cats, have a carrier or pop-up shelter and other essentials. Once gone, you can refer to your emergency evacuation plan. You know, pets know when there's panic in the air, so try to remain as calm as possible. This is pet trendologist Charlotte Reed with a healthy pet, healthy you tip. Stay safe. Welcome back. You're listening to the Pet Buzz, the best in pet talk radio. I'm pet Charlotte Reed. And I'm veterinarian Dr. Michael Fleck. So now for my I likey of the week. That's the way it has to be because that's the way I like it. It's genius. I like it. I love it. I like it. It's to die for. I like it. Okay, so it seems that Nordstrom announced the launch of Pop In at Nordstrom's Pet Shop opening on February 14th. That was Valentine's Day at select Nordstrom stores and online at Nordstrom dot com slash pop up. It seems that furry friends deserve to be spoiled and I'm sure you're going to agree. So you want to treat them to a selection of more than get this at Nordstrom's pop up 200 toys and treats and clothes and accessories from brands like dog threads, Deucin and Deucin, hot diggity dog, Hudson Bay, Lalo and exclusive styles from champion dog behavior expert, Katie Kimmel, Lauren Stern, which I think sounds good. Love Thy Beast, designer Susan Korn of Susan, Al- Susan Alexandra. These shops also feature personalization stations and assortment of clothing and pet accessories for humans who love their pets. So you guys can get maybe matching uh, matching shirts or sweatshirts and or you get something with your pet's name on it. I always think that's a great thing. Personalization is what it's all about these days. And throughout the duration of the pop in at Nordstrom's, um, they're going to host these week, great weekend events for pets. 
and for their humans. So think about doggy ice cream socials. And there's even going to be a catter day for cat owners, as well as, of course, pet adoption events. So we're glad to hear that. So these pop in at Nordstrom's really were launched in October uh, 2013 as an ongoing series of theme pop-up shops that transition every four to six weeks to offer new shopping experiences and a batch of new, sometimes exclusive merchandise. And the pop-ins take two forms. One's a shop curated around a theme featuring brands across different you know, categories, like the one we're just talking about, the pet pop-in at Nordstrom's, or there's a partnership with a single brand to bring the world of this particular brand to, a, uh, to customers. So Poppin' at Nordstrom's was built as a monthly rotation. So it's a great idea to go check one out. The shop, like I said, features a mix of hand-picked merchandise spanning from very high to low prices. And price points can start as low as $5, which I'm thrilled about. So Poppin' at Nordstrom's Pet Shop is available at 10 Nordstrom's locations and available online at nordstrom's.com slash pop. Now, here's the thing. I am going to get to one of these pop-ups in the next four to six weeks. I don't know how I'm going to do it, but I'm really kind of curious how it's going to work. So let me tell you where they are. So if you are listening out there and you can go visit one, go visit, take a picture, take a selfie and send it to me. Okay. Team at the petbuzz.com. So there is one in Bellevue, Washington, Vancouver, British Columbia, Toronto, Ontario, Austin, Texas, downtown Seattle, Chicago, Illinois. There's a flagship store in New York. There's a shop in Dallas, Texas, Costa Mesa, California, and the West Village. I had no idea there was a Nordstrom's in the West Village. And I'm totally digging this, but you know what I dig more? I dig pet dental care, which is sorely lacking with American pet owners. Joining us today, and we're pleased in having him join us, is veterinarian Dr. Jan Bellows. He is a legend as a veterinary dentist. He is the founder of All Pets Dental in Western Florida. Dr. Bellows, welcome to the Pet Buzz. Ah, glad to be here. So we recently learned that about 2% of pet owners brush their pet's teeth. Why is it that the number is so low? The number is, is just so low because of the hassle involved. Now, you, you have to figure out what it takes. You, they have to get out the toothbrush, and they put on some sort of toothpaste, and they shouldn't use their own toothpaste because uh, they can't be swallowed. And then the owner has to open up their pet's mouth, put their hands inside, and after that, they have to figure out which part of the tooth they brush their parts. The outside, the inside, upper, lower, all of it, and the animal is gagging along the time. Uh, so it, it is such a hassle. And, the, and another big problem is what to do with the toothbrush after. Uh, do you put it next to your toothbrush in the bathroom? Do you put it in that <laughs> right? Do, do you put it in that uh, kitchen drawer that has all the uh, dust growing in it? Uh, and how often do you replace it? So most people, even though it's the gold standard, most uh, clients just do not brush their pet's teeth. They love their animals. They understand that they should. Another big problem is that people brush their own teeth so they can talk to other people without, you know, having communication problems, uh, you know, with, with halitosis. With animals, unfortunately, clients accept that the pet's going to have bad breath. They call it doggy breath. And it's a dog, so why not? But anytime that is bad breath in the mouth, it's because there's periodontal disease. There's an actual disease going on in that mouth that is so easy to prevent. 
Well, you know, I'm glad we're talking about this because having your pet's teeth cleaned once or twice a year is really expensive. So I guess I want you to kind of bring it home or drum it into them that they can save money by brushing. Yes. Yes, they absolutely can save money by brushing. But if they, if they can't figure out the process, then all the money, if they're not doing it, isn't going to be saved. So what's a lot easier is to use dental wipes. And dental wipes, uh, they're produced by many companies. Some of them have medicines inside. Some of them have chemicals inside. Some of them have nothing. And, and basically, the most important part of the dental wipes is the friction. Because after the teeth are professionally cleaned under anesthesia, just like your own teeth, they're nice and smooth and there's no plaque. But starting the next day, plaque comes and then it calcifies and it turns into tartar and more plaque. And so you want to prevent all that. And that can be done with twice daily wipes. You put the wipe around your finger. And the important part is the outside surface of the teeth, not the inside. The tongue usually takes care of that really well in animals. You do that twice a day and you could and go to your veterinarian twice a year. The veterinarian will tell you if it's actually time for a dental cleaning. And if there's any bleeding of the gums, it's time for a dental cleaning generally. But there shouldn't be any bleeding or there shouldn't be any smell. Well, you know, I'm thinking I'm going to go home and get some wipes. Start wiping up those <laughs> dog teeth because there's seven dogs. That's a lot of teeth twice a day. That's a lot of wiping. A lot and of wiping. Hey, if you've just joined us. We are talking with Dr. Jan Bellows. Okay, last question here. Any new developments in pet dental health that we can share with our pet owners? There's new treats that are coming out that are kind of cool. There's a new one, probably not supposed to give a name on the air, but there's a new one that you actually put their toothpaste on the treat, and the dog eats the treat, which is really cool. But you can go ahead and name it. What is that treat? Okay, it's called Bark, B-A-R-K. Uh, it, it comes out, there's something called Bark Box. And it's, um, you can look it up on the internet. It's really a company that cares so deeply about animal welfare. And they came out with this, and when they sent me some samples, and I used it on my own dog, I said, what a cool idea. I called them back, I said, you should patent this, because <laughs> it's a great way of delivering the product uh, that it goes over all teeth, because as they're, they're munching down on it. It just kind of goes everywhere, and it decreases the amount of plaque that that's attached. That's great. BarkBox is pretty good. They've yeah. sent out some very innovative stuff, and it's glad to know that you're just like everybody else. You get a BarkBox yeah, yeah. subscription. Yeah. Us veterinarians are real people, aren't we? Oh, boy, and then some. I mean, it's, it's, <laughs> you know, bottom line, it, it is one of the great, other than being in, in radio like you two are, uh, it is just about the best job ever. I've been doing it for 45 years now. I and totally every agree. Every day is different. And, and the people that we get to deal with, you know, are just incredibly wonderful folks that, that just love animals and love other people and they want to be treated the right way. You're absolutely right. Sure. I'm always amazed after yeah. 40 plus years of practice, every day somebody comes in with a question I haven't heard of before. It's amazing. <laughs> It's amazing. Well, Dr. Bellows, thank you so much for being with us today on the Pet Buzz. I'm always happy to spread the word. <laughs> that was yeah. Dr. Jam Bellows, veterinary dentist. 
veterinarian extraordinaire joining us to talk about new developments in veterinary dentistry. So to learn more about Dr. Bellows and his practice, visit allpetsdental.com. Up next, find out how the Chinese are protecting their pets from the coronavirus. You're going to think this is absolutely crazy. This is Gregory Curtis. I'm president of the Mystic Crew of Barkas, the only dog parade in New Orleans. The Crew of Barkas is like no other parade in New Orleans. We celebrate man's best friend, and they're the center of our parade through the streets of the French Quarter with humans acting as if they're their escort. And here in 2020, we're celebrating our 28th year, February the 16th. This year's theme is Bark to the Future. Come on down to the pet-friendly New Orleans Celebrate with us. Don't forget to bring your four-legged best friend. For more information, visit Marcus.org. Y'all come down now. I'm petronologist Charlotte Reed. I'm veterinarian Dr. Michael Fleck. We're urban. Suburban. And and country. country. But you guys know that. So, okay. So, I wanted to go into the global news because I think this is completely crazy, but it's also fascinating. And now, Pet Buzz News from around the globe. So, it seems that Chinese dog owners are scrambling to buy face masks for their pooches to protect them from the coronavirus, even though health experts are not convinced other species can catch the strain of the disease. So, one Beijing-based retailer said sales have skyrocketed for canine face masks, within 10 times as many flying off the shelf since the virus was detected about a month or so ago in Wuhan. Can you believe that? Dogs and face masks. Okay, so according to one e-commerce vendor, most dogs have started to wear masks because this virus, people pay more attention to their health and that of their animals, which I think is a good thing because, you know, back in 2003 when they had czars, a lot of Chinese people, when they thought they could get czars from pets, were throwing their pets out of the window and dumping them. So it seems that many folks who started selling the masks to protect dogs against air, that's why originally it was done. So folks started selling these masks to protect dogs against air pollution, which you know, there's a lot of air pollution in China. So now it can be said that these masks, these devices help prevent dogs from licking infected people or infected surfaces. So if you're in China or anywhere, don't let your dog lick anyone. If he's been to China or near China or been on a ship, you know, whatever. If you guys know that ship was like quarantined. So people were stuck in their cat, those little ship cabins. So you can imagine. So just find out before your dog sniffs and looks anyone where they've been recently. Okay. So the World Health Organization said it's unclear whether the virus has any impact on the health of the animals. But China's National Health Commission warned that pet owners should be cautious about being around infected patients, of course. So I'm just, I just want to know, would you have your pet wear a mask? So I posted pictures of dogs in masks check out the Pet Buzz social media feeds. Now, let's bring on our next guest. 
the Oscars were recently upon us. So many great movies like Once Upon a Time, Joker, and so many great actors like Brad Pitt. But it's really too bad. We haven't seen any good pet movies in a really long time. I mean, there's some that are out there. And if you guys recall, we had, uh, we talked with Kevin Carr about cats not too long ago. So let's reminisce about dogs who have graced our silver screen. And joining us today is Wendy Mitchell, the author of Citizen Canine, Dogs in the Movies. Wendy, thanks for joining the Pet Buzz today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm very excited to talk to you. Hey, what inspired you to write a book about dogs in the movies, and what inspired the title? Well, I've been writing about the film industry for a long time, usually more serious topics about how films are financed or produced. Uh, but I noticed watching all these films, I would just melt any time a dog was on screen. And I thought, there must be other people out there like me who love dogs, who love movies, and really love dog movies and want to know more about them. So I just really thought it'd be fun book to watch all these films again, research the real dogs that play these famous roles, find out how they're trained. Uh, so it was a lot of fun to work on. With the title, we really wanted to pay homage to classic Hollywood, but have a little bit of fun with it. This is a fun book. So we thought Citizen Canine was the perfect movie pun for, for these dogs and movies. Well, I'm just curious. What was the first movie to have a dog, and how many movies have dogs been featured in? Well, as long as we've had movies, we've had dogs in a movie. It starts way back with the Lumiere brothers, who invented cinema. And you can see a stray dog wander into one of their shops from 1897. Uh, but one of the most famous early dogs, uh, more of a featured role, was in a 1905 uh, British short film called Rescued by Rover. A marvelous colleague uh, was playing this dog, Rover. And in fact, that's where the name Rover became so popular for dogs. It became this sort of cliche name uh, because of Rescued by Rover in 1905. Uh, for my book, I actually started in 1918 with Charlie Chaplin's A Dog's Life, which is just a marvelous film. You've got Scraps the Dog being as great with physical comedy as Chaplin himself. And I, I think how many films have had dogs in them? Nobody's got an exact answer. I, I did my research, and I found at least 450 films that would have dogs in at least a sort of passing role. Um, and I think there must be hundreds more other than that. You know, it's interesting. I think the first dog I ever fell in contact with, fell in love with, was the dog in our gang comedy. Mm-hmm. That was one. That was one of my favorites. But really, I'm just curious if you do have a favorite, Wendy. What is it? Who's your favorite dog? Well, it kind of depends on the day you ask me. But I think today I'll probably go with Benji. I love that this dog who played Benji, his name was Higgins, was a real mutt. You know, this is not a pedigree pampered dog. This is, you know, a mixed breed who was already 14 years old when this Benji song was made in 1974. So it's an old dog. It doesn't look at it on screen. He's doing great physical stunts, but I love how he can just do a lot of emotion in this dog's face. And I think he was one of the most emotive dogs we've seen on screen. But I love that, you know, he starts out as a mutt. He ends up a global superstar. You know, even somebody like Alfred Hitchcock said he was a Benji fan. What's your favorite dog, Dr. Fleck? I think Marley or Lassie. 
Marley, or I could see that based on your age. I could see Lassie being one of your favorites. Yeah. Well, if you've just joined us, we're talking with Wendy Mitchell, author of the new book, Citizen Canine, Dogs in the Movies. You had a question, Dr. Fleck. Yeah, I'm thinking about those famous trainers. Um, who trained Marley, who was such a disaster? Did he really need a dog movie trainer? It's a good question because I, I did interview several trainers for the book and just found out how, not only how professional and dedicated they are, but how much they love these animals. They get to know each dog's personality. Um, you know, Marley and me, it took 22 dogs to play that role at various stages of Marley's life. So I know when Brie Larson did Captain America, there were a bunch of cats as well as cats in Pet Cemetery. Mm-hmm. So who knows? Maybe cats will be your next book. But before you go, give us the 411. I mean, who published the book? Where can I find it? And when is it going to be released? Well, thanks. Um, from Chronicle Books in the U.S. Hopefully buy it at all good bookstores and major online retailers as well. Awesome. I can't wait to have a copy. I know. It's going to be really interesting. I think it'll inspire me to see more movies. Well, Wendy, thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks for having me. I always love talking about movies. So, you know, it's always too soon to wrap the show. But, but before we go, we want to give you a preview for next week's show. So next week, we're talking to Crystal Kloss, the winning handler of the 144th Westminster Kennel Club Dog Show about Seba, the Black Standard Poodle, who captured our hearts, or we could say America's favorite dog these days. We're going to talk about pet tech and new products that are really interesting. And then, of course, we're talking uh, with a representative from the Animal Legal Defense Fund about Justice Week for Animals. Last week, we covered it, and actually, the highlight was talking about uh, Justice the Horse. Uh, he was the spokes animal for national, uh, the National Animal Legal Defense Fund Justice Week for Animals. But anyway, before we move on, we want to thank our, our guests. We want to thank Mark Romick, Dr. Jan Bellows, and Wendy Mitchell. And of course, we must always thank our sponsors, the Animal Medical Center of Bradenton and EpiPet, making better skin, coat, and ear care products for healthier pets everywhere. Now, you guys know this. If you have a question, write us at team at thepetbuzz.com. We'll cover your question, your comment on next week's show, but also sign up for our new newsletter. We want to keep in touch with you guys about what's going on, what my travel schedule uh, will be, where I'm going to be this weekend, starting on uh, you know the 15th. Uh, you can see me on Fox New Orleans. I'll be on at 7 o'clock in the morning talking about pet dental health. If you missed it, then you obviously can see the video on our social media channels. And then I'll be in New Orleans for crew of Barkus, which is the only licensed Mardi Gras parade that focuses on our dogs. So that's going to be really exciting. And then next week, I'm going to be on Fox Columbus and Fox Detroit on, believe it or not, two days, two shows, one in the morning, one at night on February 20th. And I come home for a few days. Obviously, uh, we have the show the following week. And then I'm going to Houston to be on Fox Houston. I'm going to talk about pet dental health. And then I'm in Orlando for Global Pet Expo, the largest pet expo. And then I'm going to be on Fox Orlando on the 26th of the month. So really sign up for that newsletter so you can keep in touch with me and all the shows that I'm doing and really learn more about the show and what we're going to talk about. So If you miss any portion of this show, The Pet Buzz, you can visit our social media channels as well as your favorite streaming channel and listen to the linked podcast on Monday morning. 
But most importantly, remember, we're here each week to help you take better care of your pets. Peace out and pet love. Goodbye. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Pet Buzz. The Pet Buzz is hosted by the dynamic pet duo, pet trendologist Charlotte Reed and Dr. Michael Fleck. Tune in each week for the latest 411 on everything pet related. Visit our website at www.thepetbuzz.com. Learn more about us, the show, and our guests.